This is the Gary V Audio Experience. As I get older, I'm like, I'm so, you'll love this, D. I'm like so sad that I'm gonna be dead when I get most of my roses because everything I do is so obviously about the third chess move. So in 2009, the most obvious thing to me in the world was employees were gonna have options. That the internet was gonna scale. Like for example, my favorite little like quote, and I get hot on some quotes sometimes for a couple months, right now is everyone's worried about the great resignation. You better be prepared for the great never employed, never implied in the first place. Like nobody's gonna get a job. I talk to all these 17 year olds. They're like, why the fuck would I work at Procter & Gamble? I'm gonna make 100,000 a year in TikTok ads. I'm gonna sell 85,000 a year in my NFT art. Like everyone's like, these kids are entitled. I'm like, no they're not. They know their options that we didn't have when we were growing up and some of you wouldn't be doing this either if you had these options. So the great never applying in the first place is going to be a disaster for companies. That was something I understood in 09. That matched with my great weakness of my career which is I'm not confrontational which blows people's minds because as a public figure I'm quite confrontational because I'm always fighting the system but I'm on stage just talking to the world. When I talk to Sean, I know his situation. I know where he lives in New Jersey. I know his family situation. Like, If there's something bad, I'm hurt. And so actually candor was a real struggle for me uh, and it's something I'm still working through. I've rebranded it in my new book to Kind Candor and it's because it's working for me and I've gotten better at it because of that. But what's really interesting is the Honey Empire was, a, was something that I'm talking about a lot now in my content as Gary Vee, which is I use purple hearts. I think America has gone very red and blue. Right, we're all red and blue and everybody knows this, right? And not only are we red and blue, we are forced by society and media right now to pick a side. We're even more, we're even more red and blue than we were five years ago, right? Like you're more, you, we almost feel like we have to be one or the other. In reality, nobody is. Everybody's got a little purple. So I think about purple a lot, which is like there's social things that I'm very this, there's fiscal things I'm very this, da 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 da. So the Honey Empire was a brand positioning internally that made everybody understand what we're doing here. We will talk to each other with honey over vinegar. We will talk to our clients with honey over vinegar, empathy, kindness, all that stuff. The reason Sean just said kind candor has been huge, we were so good at it that we went too far the other way and it was like a fantasy land where nobody would, could even tell, people were scared to tell people if they were even underperforming and we overcompensated into entitlement. So I had to create kind candor to get us back towards the middle. So we're gonna do honey over vinegar the way we treat each other but let there be no confusion. We're building a fucking empire. I wanna build the biggest agency of all time. And so that's a very interesting juxtaposition that I think the world needs more conversation towards which is you can be a kind business person. You can be kind and very successful on the field of business and it's been a great positioning for us that we point to and has helped the organization. But this is why you always have to parent when you run a company. I had to observe, be self-aware, be accountable to the fact that the honey part went so left that we went into full entitlement and we had to recorrect it and that was challenging and had, though I will say this, it was only challenging for the founder and CEO because the second I turned it on, 
everybody felt a lot better because the lack of candor actually created fear, which was devastating for me because fear is the biggest thing that I'm most proud of that I eliminate. But when you don't have candor, you can actually create fear. And so, because as you can imagine, if you're not getting enough feedback and then all of a sudden you're getting fired, people start realizing not everyone has intelligence that is highly emotional and intuitive. People were getting caught off guard even though it should have seemed easy and that started creating fear and so we had to work on that. And we've, we have over the last three years and it's been a profound change. People struggle holding two traits that may seemingly seem in conflict when it's the answer to the quiz. Let me give an example for everybody here. Ambition and patience seems like an awkward combo. I would argue it's the most important combo, right? So you may have tenacity and ambition to hit numbers, to, to get promoted within the organization, to succeed outside of work, inside of work, but all the good stuff comes from patience because when you rush into things, you make mistakes. I have a lot of empathy when it comes to corporate land where you've got numbers to hit. I've watched so many of my clients jump off of something that was working three months too soon before it was gonna be big because they compromised and FSI'd or, or shopping or did trade dollars or whatever it took to make the sales happen in the quarter and completely undermined the brand. Devastating for me. As a marathon runner, being in this sprinter's world with all of you is an incredible challenge. You know, brand, organizations love to talk about being marketing organizations. All of you are sales organizations. It's why you've given so much money to trade. And you're about to walk into the biggest trap of all, which is the retailer's media products. You're already giving them enough money in slotting fees and you're about to give them a boatload more to run media on their platforms. And this is like a juxtaposition I think a lot about, right John? I think a lot about the strategy and so the way, the, the way I broke down the book with all the different traits, I don't know if I have one here yet. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different ones, right? These are all the things that, from one man's point of view, really matter, right? And, and gratitude was number one because I really think if you don't come from a place of gratitude, you can't win, period, period. And when I say win, I mean life. If, if anybody on this call right now doesn't understand how amazing their life is in comparison to the eight billion people on earth, it's a great misstep of something that is a real treasure. If you are sitting on this Zoom right now, I have a little, I have enough context in just knowing that you're sitting here, what you do for, what you just do for a living, in a world where 850 million people on earth, 10% don't have access to clean water. Right, so, you know, I really, I, I believe that emotional intelligence has now become the only variable in business success. That everything else is a commodity that I can find a million people that know how to work in an Excel sheet and manage inventory. That I think I can find 400 billion people that understand how to run costs on product. Like that everything has become commoditized in a global economy except the ability to understand humanity. But when I look at the book, this is why it's so important to me. When I look at number seven, tenacity, and, and number 10, conviction, right? Like, like, like that's the purple part, right? Like if we're gonna talk business, you're not gonna eighth place trophy a business into success. Like, you know, you've got competitors that are trying to take your market share, right? And so like, like I, I love competition. I, I'm, I'm so distraught 
that modern society that is fruitful and abundant demonizes competition. The best thing that can happen to your child is they come in eighth place and they lost. We've demonized losing so much that we have 20 year olds going into the world that don't know how to live because they're zoo animals because we keep them in cages. Of course they can't. Like I watch boomers making fun of like Gen Z and millennials, young millennials, and I'm like, you fucking created them. I know, but like I want to because I have a lot of love for humanity and I'm hoping one parent in here hears that one line and maybe later today lets their kid go to their friend's house without putting a fucking like RFD code on there. Like we are micromanaging the shit out of these children. They don't, I, listen, John, I, the reason I think we can help your business so much is there's not a human on earth that knows more about 15 year old men than me. I, and I say that not from a place of audacity, from a place of work ethic. I read hundreds of thousands of direct messages a year. I'm like in, in, and you're absolutely right, Christine, of course not all parents. And this is never blanket, and this has nothing to do, I don't know anybody here, and and the last thing I wanna do is tell somebody how to parent their child, that's the most audacious, ridiculous thought process. I'm saying collectively, as a conversation, kidnapping became something that the media realized they could drive ratings on in the early 80s, and it changed our society forever. It instilled massive fear, because. We love our kids more than breathing. But it's gone so far, back to where we went to entitlement, and, and it's gone so far that, you know, I read so many comments, John, like these kids, you would be blown, let me give you an example of something I read the other day. Gary, I need your help. I hate my parents, comma. They pay for everything, comma. I'm 25 years old and my parents pay for my Uber, my apartment, they give me a stipend each month, and basically, um, I, I hate them because they don't think I can do it. I reply, Rick, give all the money back, don't take it. Right, because, but, and this is a very important little back and forth. These kids have no accountability. Because the framework didn't create accountability. Schools fake accountability. We've eliminated actual sports, right, from like winning and losing, and so they don't have accountability. And so there's a lot of unhappiness that people conveniently want to blame technology for when it's our societal shifts. And so we have to find the purple. I'm passionate about that, John.